0: Dear Heavenly Father we thank you for your love for us that we can meet together in this fashion that we might perfect praise unto your holy name and that we might learn more about your character I pray O oh Lord that even in our amusements the music we listen to that we would put you first and declare our loyalty for your principles your love your mastership we pray in the name of Jesus amen Do you know who this is? Have you ever heard of an artist named Sixto Rodriguez? Sixto Rodriguez. I'm probably not pronouncing his name properly. You probably don't know him. He's a singer from the 1960s and 1970s. His song had the lyric quality of Bob Dylan and Leonard Cohen, but his voice was like James Taylor. His album never sold that well in America, but he was well known in South Africa, and his songs enjoyed rock star status there. But for Mr. Rodriguez, there was a problem. He didn't receive a single cent from the sales of his album. Otherwise he would have been a millionaire. Instead, Rodriguez worked as a laborer in Detroit, Michigan. You see, South Africans thought that Sixto Rodriguez was dead. The source of the rumor is mysterious. No one knows exactly how the album even came to South Africa, as it was told on an NPR radio show. When it came, it just spread, and he became famous. And of course, it was told that he was as dead as Jimi Hendrix. Everybody knew his albums, and everyone knew that Rodriguez was completely dead. Rodriguez's music had a Motown feel and it was expected to be successful but his records just failed to take off at home in the United States. Meanwhile a bootleg copy somehow made to South Africa where it struck a chord with the progressive young whites exasperated with the apartheid system. Perhaps the source of disinformation had to do with the fact that Rodriguez's music was censored by the apartheid government and therefore Rodriguez was a band artist. The name of the album was Cold Fact and contained songs such as This Is Not a Song, It's an Outburst, or The Establishment Blues, Inner City Blues, and Street Boy. In 2013, just this year, a documentary film was produced called Searching for Sugar Man. It tells Sixto Rodriguez's story, starting off as a forgotten artist. But everything changes when some South African journalist, despite all rumors of his death, get back in touch with Rodriguez. It was arranged for him to come home to South Africa and play a comeback concert. Flown with his family to perform in South Africa, his plane was met with a limousine that his family assumed was intended for someone else. His daughter expected an audience of 20 to 30 people, but found instead 5,000 fans waiting for him many in the audience thought it was to be a tribute concert but when rodriguez walked out onto the stage he was greeted with 10 minutes of cheers and applause before he could even begin his performance and they all knew the words to his songs he was bigger than the beatles yet no one had no no one had knowledge of him until recently it is as if he was resurrected from the dead this story of music portrayed as Sustaining Hope in Apartheid apartheid South Africa. It was a story of people listening to his music for all their lives as a soundtrack of their youth. Even though they thought he was dead, as long as the songs were alive, hope was alive. What is your soundtrack? Does the music that you listen to sustain hope, sustain spiritual life, encourage success and good values? Does it sharpen your focus on your goals? Music can do this and more, but it can also do damage as well. It can cause distraction and disorder, cause mental pollution, instability, and impurity. I wanna ask you some questions about how you enjoy music. You can show by a raise of hands. How many of you listen to music on your smartphone or iPod? How many of you have Christian music loaded on your device okay how many of you also listen to secular music all right uh, here are a few stars of music that you may be into how many of you enjoy country music yeah we have a few people how many enjoy classical music all right some more R&B blues or jazz? How many of you like world music and fusion music? It's sort of a wide genre, but basically in the music catalog, anything that's out of North America or Europe is called world music. 60s and 70s rock and pop music. How many of you like reggae, calypso, and soca? I just want us to be honest as to what our, our, our influences are. How many here are soloists or sing with a group or choir? Are there any professional musicians here? People who make their living from music? I think there should actually be more of us who dedicate our, uh, a ministry to music and actually live off of that ministry. Um, how many here play an instrument? How many consider themselves non-singers? All right. And by the way, uh, although they have, a tone, they, they have the, the phrase tone deaf, no one is actually tone deaf. Uh, with training, a person who is relatively tone deaf can be made to recognize distinct notes and learn to sing. All right, I've seen this happen. I've seen this happen. We're going to discuss some principles of music. Who is this? Naughty by, Naughty by Nature. How did you know that? No, it's joking. All right. It is? Okay. All right. Let me tell you a story of a woman we'll call Tracy. Young woman. She was in grade seven, grade seven and eight at the time of this story. Um, Naughty by Nature came out with this this uh, brand new song, I think it was their debut album, and it was called OPP. I don't know if anyone remembers that. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so, um, in short, if someone asked you what did OPP mean, they would say uh, other people's property. But of course, the last P did not stand for property. It stood for something else, and it was a vulgar song. Vulgar ideas. Okay, so it's good that some of you have a confused look on your face. That means you don't know what the song's about. All right, it's not, it's not a good song, but it had a very catchy beat. Now, Tracy in this story, Christian young woman, everyone knows that she's a Christian, but she likes the beat of the song. It's catchy, and so she starts singing it, and uh, people see her singing the song. Tracy, you're, you're singing OPP? by Naughty by Nature? Says, yeah, Ontario Provincial Police. That's what she thought it meant. Yeah, I'm down with OPP, yeah, law and order, yeah. And then it was explained to her what it really meant. And the look of disgust on her face when she said, I've been singing the song all this time and I didn't know that it was talking about sex. All right, that's what it was about. Okay, good, good, you didn't know this song. All right, but um, it's very important that we understand where our music comes from. It's very, none of us should catch on to some popular music and start singing and dancing to it and we haven't analyzed where the music comes from. You could actually be participating in the devil's plan when in fact he had no intention of doing so. I love music i especially love acapella music i was blown away when i was uh i think 11 years old 11 or 12 and someone gave me a, a copy of take six this is not take six this is who this is committed they actually sang in a uh, a competition on television all right and uh but i was blown away by by acapella music i didn't know that mu- um just vocal performers could make such beautiful music and that's, that's the music that is the most common music uh, in my music collection, the mp3 collection that I have. I like acapella music. I like small group harmony. Like I like a violin quartet or a brass quartet or anything kind of small and in, uh, intimate where I can actually pick out the parts. That's the kind of music that I like. I like music that makes me think or focus. And I always choose a certain type of theme music when I'm working, I'll actually make a a playlist. When I get to the computer and I'm gonna do two, three, four hours of work, or sometimes I have to stay up late at night and finish some work, um, I'll make a playlist that sort of activates and stimulates my mind. And I don't feel like falling asleep, I feel like focusing when I listen to some good music. On the other hand, although I love music, I hate love music. Um, there are a few exceptions, but in general I find that most love music, most of the pop music is lustful. Uh, You can just listen for the key words, uh, we'll be together tonight, or let's rock all night long, or will you love me in the morning. There's always hints that really that whatever sort of love it is, it's clandestine, it's secret, it's at night it's adultery on the other hand um, some music is very sappy and dependent i can't live without you you are my everything if i didn't have you i would die you're all i live for that's not real love either that is uh, idolatrous love you idolize the other person you are dependent upon them i was just doing some interesting uh, uh, research on drums, and uh, I found out that, uh, according to Wikipedia, that uh, the, the modern drum set started in vaudeville. The vaudeville entertainment, if you don't know what vaudeville was like, um, you can think of some, a lot of the old cartoons, you can think of the Three Stooges, you can think of uh, uh, a comedian making a joke and then someone that goes, d- 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 right that's vaudeville and it's all about um slapstick silly entertainment exciting but definitely not moral uh this evolved or at least the 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 mood of vaudeville actually came into jazz and then rock and roll disco r b rap punk and pop I think I still see the same vaudevillian character in some of our modern music. Where quite often, uh, very serious topics are introduced with innuendo. I remember going to someone's car and they are listening to Snoop Dogg. You know Snoop Dogg. You know about Snoop Dogg. Well I didn't, I, Snoop Lion, he's Snoop Lion now. Maybe he's changed his whole brand. But I cannot believe what people are listening to. there's are songs that are glorifying violence, misogyny, suffering really, suffering. If they if didn't have such catchy music and clever lyrics that are funny, it would be the saddest thing in the world that they're talking about. But it has been made to be something to laugh at. It's satanic. There's a lot of music nowadays that is sold through blasphemy and sex. And so we're going to play our Blasphemy Music Quiz. (laughs) Those are only a few questions, because I I mean, I'm sure that I could find a lot more of these questions. Uh, Which artist has called himself a name that sounds like Jesus? Kanye Kanye West. All right. There's actually a few artists, uh, hip hop artists that have names that sound like Jesus. It's very sad. Uh, what rapper now calls himself Jehovah? Jay-Z. Jay-Z. These are, uh, and if, if you did some research on the, the blasphemy that this guy is saying in his songs and is wearing in his fashion, you'd be scarred. Don't search for it. I did a lot of research for, for this and it's, it's just ridiculous. The artist the artist, this artist performed the halftime show for the 2012 Super Bowl. It was a 12-minute display of dark and religious symbols filled with references, references to the Illuminati and Luciferianism. Before the show, the Super Bowl, before the show, she said to the announcer, or to the, she said, she said on uh, television, the Super Bowl is, a ki- is kind of like the Holy of Holies in America. I'll come, at, I'll come halfway through the church experience and I'm going to have to deliver a sermon. It will be very impactful. Who said this? Someone said it already. No, it was Madonna. 2012. 2012. All right. Which former record executive worships before a statue from India named Kali, the goddess of death? Which former record executive worships before a statue from India named Kali, the goddess of death? Is it Richard, um, Richard Brent, the guy who owns the island? No, it's Simmons. Gene oh. Simmons, Gene Simmons. The guy who did Def Jam. Um, I thought I had his name here, but... Russell Simmons, thank you. He now owns a, a fashion clothing line. Uh, yeah. Uh, there's, there's lots of uh, interesting uh, um, religious imagery used in hip-hop nowadays and uh, I, from um, Hinduism and ancient gods, and it's all Satan creeping his head up in modern music. Which artist uses sexual language in connection with Jesus while praising Judas as heroic? Lady Gaga. Which artist was famous for the quote, we're more popular than Jesus? Someone said the Beatles. That's correct, the person would be John Lennon. There was immediate response after he said that. More than 12 major radio stations suspended Beatles from their playlist. Several cities canceled or banned the Beatles concerts in their city. And John Lennon was forced to backtrack and apologize for his comments and had to explain his comments several times. That's when the nation was mostly Christian. They wanted to make sure he couldn't get away with that. Is that happening now? So sex and blasphemy sell. Also violence, rude, and illegal behavior. But those are the extreme examples. We can find that, um, whoops. (laughs) We can find that the influence of the values, of anti-Christian values and values from other religions are creeping into music from the time that children are infants. I should go over some of these uh, texts here. It says, no man can serve two masters. Either he will hate one and love the other, or he will be devoted to one and despise the other. Matthew 6, verse 24. In our choice of music, we are choosing uh, either the values of God or the values of Satan. And when we make it that clear, we need to go over our playlist and see if we need to cull some of those songs from our playlist. All right, there, there I am, a much thinner and younger me. Um, a little bit about myself, I love to sing and arrange music. I've been, I've been part of two acapella music groups that used to tour around the Toronto area and in, into the states. Uh, one of them just a few years ago won first place at the Toronto Gospel Fest. And I understand the pressure and allure to be drawn into the pitfalls, pitfalls of modern music. It's intrigue, it's confusion, it's lusts, it's idolatry. In fact, I have some regrets about winning first place at a gospel, concert, con- gospel contest because winning contests and awards in music can lead to pride and the wrong sort of attention. I have defined some definitions and principles of music that every Christian should know as we enter the last phase of history on earth. Music is a powerful language. It crosses cultural and ethnic boundaries. This is just a picture of some guys, they're they're not Indian, yet one of them is holding a sitar and they're they're, they're experimenting with other uh, musical influences, which I like, I like it when musicians expand their range. And I think people do need to study broadly about music. And so there's a, a, a trend in music to have more fusion, blending different styles together. It's part of the nature of music to fuse one thing with another. And this can be done positively, or it can be done uh, to sneak in a message that you weren't thinking of. Music is meta-language, just like drama because it is drama. Oh, I don't know which mu- this group this is, but they do look dramatic, don't they? <laughs> the power of music is the power of suggestion, the ability to say something without actually saying it. The ability to plant appeal and desire in the subconscious for values and purposes that the conscious mind might reject or not fully understand. Suggesting meaning through attitude, performance, and association, meaning can be suggested through attitude, performance, and association just as much as through lyrics. In fact, music does not need lyrics in order to convey a suggestion. All it needs is a mental or visual association. Perhaps the music is associated with a movie, a movie star, a dance video, a political movement, or a particular lifestyle. By the way, what's, wrong, what's the message behind the song, Born This Way? Yeah, please answer that. What is the, what is the message behind the, the, the song, Born This Way? What did you say? Born to, serve the devil. Born to serve the devil. I haven't heard that interpretation before, but um, yes. And she, can't and she can't change. What else? And that God creates homosexuals. It is a song that promotes LGBT. 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 I, I forgot the acronym. It promotes promotes uh, it promotes the that, that community. It's very interesting that if you have many of modern songs, they're open to interpretation, aren't they? They don't seem to say something definite, but it's just the direction that they're going in. As a father of two children, I bring home CDs for my children, sometimes DVDs. And uh, the songs that they write for a lot of children's shows, they're, they're great. I, I love backyard gins. <laughs> they, they have some very clever songs, but uh, the, more I, the more I listen to some of the songs, the more I also realize that they are starting to insert values, especially Eastern Hinduism, human, uh, humanism, secular humanism. Um, every day when you're walking down the street, everybody that you meet has an original point of view. And I say, hey, hey. What, a, what a kind of day? Other, and, right, so, right, and there's a part in there that says, uh, "Believe in yourself." Right, and I see, I see a lot of that sort of, uh, I see a lot of that sort of value in children's songs. Um, there's stages for the music; it starts off seemingly innocent. Secular humanism is taught at the children's level. They, they call it self-esteem. You get to pre-teens, they start up talking about exploration, exploring your feelings, exploring emotions, relationships, and by the time you get to the adult music, it becomes explicit or passionate. Who's this guy? We're still under um, the, the subtopic music as suggestion. And one of the things is that sometimes modern music has a uh, delayed understanding where you don't understand what, where music is going to until later. Like you listen to the first time and later you find out what it really meant. Like somebody is writing as if they're gonna die and then they actually die. And you realize that he was writing his obituary, such as happened with Tupac. This actually raises the popularity of the artist when they're able to do something like this, actually foreshadow something and you get the meaning afterwards. Um, A lot of artists, they sell a lot more after they die, actually, than when they're alive. Uh, So much so that they brought this guy back. (laughs) I think it was uh, 2010, they actually made a 3D hologram of Tupac and had him uh, dancing in a concert. So, and it was so lifelike. But back to the, the point of delayed understanding. Delayed understanding is very powerful in communication because it also conveys the superior intellect of the person with whom you're conversing. This quite often happens in rock music and rap music. In fact, um, quite often I'm convinced that a, Spirits themselves are speaking through the music introducing themselves and describing themselves I forgot actually to uh, I forgot actually to read the lyrics of a certain song It's the song from a long time ago And it was a very nice smooth song perhaps people didn't know what it was about it's a song called I write the songs again, this is 1970s i've been alive forever and i wrote the very first song i put words and melodies together i am music and i write the songs if now if i played the song for you you'd recognize it right away but you haven't heard it in a while i write the songs that make the whole world sing i write the songs of love and special things i write the songs that make young girls cry i write the songs i write the songs my home lies deep within you I've got my own place in your soul now when I look through your eyes I'm young again even though I'm very old this is actually uh, Satan describing himself oh there's lots of songs like this lots I I only realized one time when I was working I was working at a laborer after high school I, I, I did a lot of jobs that required me to be high I did roofing jobs I painted large industrial garage doors, because those m- m- jobs uh, get more money. Um, so I was working at this place where they're playing a lot of, now um, what's that, Rolling Stones? Was it Rolling Stone? I think it was. And uh, over and over again, I heard music. At, f- at first, rock music was just in the background for me. You know, they're playing their music, that's, that's fine but as I listened to the song, I realized that Satan was speaking through the songs, introducing himself, describing how long he's been around, describing how he's superior to any man. Um, There's lyrics like this also in uh, the lyrics of Queen. You know Queen, all right? So um, if you analyze the lyrics, analyze the lyrics of the song, don't just listen to them, go and analyze the lyrics and you'll see that Satan is actually introducing himself in many of these songs. Jesus also used delayed understanding in his teaching. Sometimes after he had taught a parable, people wouldn't understand what he meant until later on. And when they realized the message, the spiritual message, if they were, now if they were humble to his message, they would be filled with wonder and uh, they would be charmed to his message. Whereas if he were a Pharisee, And you'd realize, hey, he's speaking about us. Like when he's talking about, you know, um, yeah, Matthew 21, verse 45, when the chief priests and the Pharisees had heard his parables, they perceived that he spake of them. All right. So that brought some anger. That's what delayed understanding can do. It It can either charm you to the person's message or when you realize that you have been that a message has been inserted in your mind before you even understood it, and at first you thought you accepted it, but now you realize, hey, it's actually um, undermining your own belief system, and you can become upset. This is what music can do. It can undermine your music, system, your, 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 your beliefs, or it can draw you out of your beliefs to something better. Luke 7, verse 40. Now, in Luke 7, Jesus is lying down around a plate of food with all the other disciples. They didn't have seats back in those days. They lied down, and they'd lie down in a circle, all right? That's why the Bible says that uh, uh, John could lay his head on Jesus' breast, right? Because they lay down in a circle while they ate food. So their feet are on the outside of the circle, his head's towards the inside of the circle. They're eating food, putting bits of bread and the sop, you know? And uh, in Matthew 7, you hear the story of the woman, the woman who wanted to, to anoint Jesus' feet with her tears. And Simon says, if Jesus knew who this person was, and now how did he knew what manner of person this woman was? It's because at some time or other, he was involved with her sinful lifestyle. In fact, he'd probably been helped her, drag her down to the degradation of sin that she was in. So Jesus turns to Simon, says, Simon, I have somewhat to say unto thee. He said, Master, say on. And Jesus described that there was two debtors that owed their master some money. One owed him a little and one owed him more. Which of the two do you believe when the master forgave them both? Which one of them loved the master more. And Simon said, well, uh, the one who owed the master more. And Jesus turned to him, you've answered correctly. And Simon knew that Jesus was talking about him. He was the one who owed more than the woman. Yes, the woman was a sinner, but he for his sins, then no one else in the room knew what he was talking about. That can also be the power of a message. In song. I wish that more uh, Christian artists would realize their opportunity to affect people of a particular experience. So that they, could, they might say, yeah, yeah, this is my favorite song. Why? Because it, it spoke to their soul. It spoke to them alone. Let me tell you about uh, the syrinx. You have a larynx, and there's a syrinx. The, the birds have a syrinx. They, don't, they have a larynx, but it doesn't make any sound. Their sound comes with a syrinx. The, the larynx is above the trachea, and the syrinx is below the trachea. But the thing is, there's, there's a valve for each lung, allowing them to actually sing two songs at the same time. They can sing two, it depends which species. Some of them can sing two songs at the same time. Some of them alternate between the right and the left syrinx. And the Bible tells us that uh, there's an angel in heaven that also had multiple pipes. All right, thou hast been in Eden, the garden of God, Ezekiel 28, verse 13, etc. He was adorned with all these precious stones. And the workmanship of thy tablets and of thy pipes was prepared in thee in the day that thou was created. Lucifer had several pipes and was able to sing several melodies at one time. It is, it is cool. Now, speaking spiritually though, like the bird who can sing two songs at once, it's possible that sometimes you, are, you could sing a, a gospel song, but depending on the way that it's presented, you might be also presenting someone else's message at the same time alright there's the story of the woman who was following Paul these are the men of the most high God she was screaming and following Paul wherever she went and at first Paul said you know well, that's her way of expression and he was calm with it but after a few days she did this for a while he realized that She's actually spreading a different message than what we are preaching. And he turned around to her and rebuked the spirit. So it doesn't matter, some people think it doesn't matter what style of music you use in gospel music as long as you have the right lyrics. But the way it's presented and the mood and the rhythm and the the features of the music, if they are borrowed From another association, whether it's a mental association or a visual association, that will overlay the lyrics with another message. And so we need to be careful as Christians. What time am I supposed to be out of here? And so, And so the Bible tells us that we must make our messages direct. 1 Corinthians 14, verse 7 to 8. And even things without life giving sound, whether pipe or heart, except that they give a distinction in the sounds, how shall it be known what is piped or heart? For if the trumpet give uncertain sound, who shall prepare himself to the battle? A Christian musician, song service leader, ought to give distinction to the music so that the audience, the congregation, knows exactly who they are serving and what the message is. There should be no mixture from outside influences. I have to skip this. But not this song, not the topic. The topic is song as a mnemonic device. I was going to sing a little song for you because quite often, there's a group of artists who we might call uh, folk artists. And they'll sing about Canada or they'll sing about history or they'll sing about certain events. And it's a way of letting people in general know that they should not forget these things. And it's a a wonderful tradition. I like to collect Canadian folk songs and Caribbean folk songs so I can know the history. I know a lot of history through songs. Um, Read the rest of the verses to O Canada and you might learn some history about the country. Song is a mnemonic device where you can memorize facts and even verbatim information. Another song that you ought to listen to, The Railroad Trilogy by Gordon Lightfoot. talks about the construction of the... Canadian Pacific Railway that tied Canada together when they became a country. Very interesting song. And this is why I like hymns and scripture songs, songs that are actually meant to help you remember the Bible, especially, I think it's F.E. Belden. His songs are very doctrinal. Holy Day Jehovah's Rest, it's in the old hymn, it's not in the current hymnal. All right, look for the lyrics online. Holy Day Jehovah's Rest of creation's week, the best, last of all, the chosen seven, blessed of God to man, twas given. And you have some lyrics in that song that if if you're a Sunday keeper, you know, it will kind of lick you down because it it, it, um, it will really preach the Sabbath message in a very particular way. I wonder why that, maybe that's why they took it out. It was a little bit too direct, perhaps. Uh, he has another song in a hymnal. Um, Look for the way marks. Look for the way marks as you journey on. Look for the way marks. Count them one by one. And paraphrasing. Down through the ages, past the kingdoms for. Look for the way marks. Et <laughs> The thing is, the whole song is about the, 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 the Daniel's dream. No, Nebuchadnezzar's dream and the different metals in the image. So even without having a chart, as we usually learn in a prophecy seminar, you can go through the different uh, kingdoms, the successive kingdoms of prophecy. Amazing song. That's a, another uh, use of music to help you memorize and remember the facts of the Bible. First Corinthians 14, 15, the Bible says that when we pray or sing, we're going to sing with understanding. What is it then? I will pray with the Spirit, and I will pray with understanding also. I will sing with the Spirit, and I will sing with understanding also. Music should make you understand. I know that there's a big, there's a movement to have a lot of praise and worship songs, simpler songs uh, that, um, they can be exciting, and they can be they can be wonderful. Sometimes I find them quite trite. Uh, they, are, they, they curtail the message to something simple that you repeat over and over again. And um, we, have to, we want to use songs, we should want to use songs that cause people to understand the gospel, that um, bring people through a process of learning. And, That's what I find that um, most hymns do, and some of the older praise songs. This is a family at worship, and if you have family worship every day and you're singing songs that teach the children, even before they can read, they are starting to worship. In fact, I don't know of any other way that a little child can be involved in worship, except through music. All right, one more point. Music is guided meditation and the the advertisement for this thing guided meditations learn to meditate with ease a lot of people a lot of Eastern religions they say well you have to have a certain pose and they have you cross your legs and the yoga poses Mm -hmm. but music is a very simple way to get into a meditative state because of the use of of uh, music as meditation, they're using it as therapy. Through music, you can forget your pain. All people who are in stages of dementia or Alzheimer's can be awakened to lucid and proper thinking and speaking through the use of music. It's very interesting the change that you'll see when you play the favorite songs of someone who is aged in the old folks' home they start speaking normally, whereas before they were incoherent and didn't remember, they start knowing who people are in the room, the the thoughts change. I believe that Saul had some mental issues after the Spirit of God left him, and music was able to bring him back to, to proper thinking. The evil spirit left him. Also, through David's music, he was brought to conviction, and he became angry. All right, and he almost pinned David. Ron Canoli, and some other worship leaders, instead of just being solo artists, they're giving the congregation the lyrics to their music, and they want the congregation to sing with them. And this has become... Uh, a very popular form of worship. And I saw a video of Ron Canole doing this. And after the sixth, seventh song, the people were in tears as they sang beautiful songs about Christ and forgiveness and, and acceptance and surrender. Sometimes song service in our church is too short. I believe in extended song service. Amen. I believe that many of us uh, uh, are losing, that many of the youth are losing the, the appreciation of singing. Uh, and uh, my way of dealing with it is to keep on singing. Uh, just, uh, I, if, if you have the, the drama and the, the ability to, to lead songs and you can draw people out of themselves you can encourage them as a song service leader to enjoy the song, and I've seen congregations and audiences, or, or uh, filled with young people who might have not at first been singing. I've seen them change their attitude. The Holy Spirit comes down, and I've instructed other song service leaders who are young people, especially after they've done a short song service, I said, "You know, you need to do this longer until." until the Holy Spirit comes down. I believe that having an extended song service is a form of tarrying for the Holy Spirit. And the Bible tells us to tarry for the Holy Spirit. So sing a little bit more. All right, all right. It would be well for us to spend a thoughtful hour each day in contemplation of the life of Christ. This is from... um, This is from... Desire of ages. We should take it point by point and let the imagination grasp each scene, especially the closing ones. As we thus dwell upon his great sacrifice for us, our confidence in him will be more constant, our love will be quickened, and we shall be more deeply imbued with his spirit. If we would be saved at last, we must learn the lesson of penitence and humiliation at the foot of the cross. One of the ways that we can have this hour of meditation is to sing a song before worship, or when you're having your personal meditation. There's many songs that will take you step by step through the points of Jesus' intercession for us. And that is a form of guided meditation. In conclusion, let's go over some of the points that we, that we went over. Um, the Bible tells us in 1 Thessalonians 5, verse 16 to 19, Rejoice over more, pray without ceasing, and everything give thanks for this is the will of Christ concerning you. Quench not the spirit. We get back to quench not the spirit, but rejoice over more. Pray without ceasing. I mean, how do you pray without ceasing? If you could not consciously or purposely pray without ceasing all the time, you might change your playlist so that you can at least be in a prayerful mood. You want to avoid music that will quench the spirit. Amen? So the Bible is telling us that we are my, our thoughts must also always be in a prayerful and praiseful attitude. Prove all things. Remember there's a scripture that also says test the spirits. We've got to test these artists as to what spirit they are of and prove them. And you hold fast to that which is good and abstain from all appearance of evil. The visuals of an artist's dress, their lifestyle, their music video, that tells us where their lyrics are coming from. However pure their lyrics may be, do not collect their music if their lifestyle is is preaching a different message. Romans 12, two to three, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. For I say through the grace given to me, to every man that is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought, but to think soberly as God has given, hath dealt to every man the measure of faith. And finally, Colossians three, verse 16, let the word of God dwell in you richly in all wisdom teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual song, singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. I think I've given you some biblical principles as to what sort of music you ought to choose. But remember that um, you enter into a different state when you sing. And I am looking forward to the church entering into a different state, a different consciousness where we all act as disciples. And I believe that uh, music plays an important part in the transformation. We, did, we are studying that lesson about re- revival and reformation and musicians, song service leaders, praise leaders have a specific part to play in leading people to repentance and to renewal. Thank you.